So welcome to our very first Dibberan Trug podcast. We'll do the introductions in a moment, but just a brief word about the podcast itself. I mean, it will be weekly. It's aimed at gardeners of, of all levels, uh, from the beginner to the expert. We're just a couple of guys who get on, or at least we did before we did this, and, and love gardening. So we hope we can infect you with our enthusiasm. Actually, in, in fact, it's probably not a great word to use in the current <laughs> no. times, is it? But you get, you get, you get what I mean. Um, and, and have some laughs along the way. Uh, we will have some expert gardeners uh, dropping in from time to time. Uh, so it won't just be us on rambling uh, on and on. And we will attempt to theme our episodes as well. So, for example, this week we'll be mainly talking about lawns. Right. Introductions. Um, so I'm Rod Whiting. Uh, I've been a broadcaster for 30 odd years. Um, I'm also a keen amateur gardener. But don't ask me anything too difficult. Uh, that's why we have Richard along, because he knows a bit more, a lot more about gardening than I do. So that's it. That's that's me, Richard. Yes, I'm Richard Chuck. And like you, Rod, I started as a, an amateur gardener and I always considered myself an amateur gardener. I eat, breathe, sleep and you know, everything else, gardening. Um, so, and I come more from a background of stained glass come the glass sort of industry very early on. And I've been involved in, with quite famous people, shall we say, in the past. Well, you so, can talk about Monty Don if you want. Can you I? Know, oh, right. well, I was, yeah, we're, I we're not going to get sued, so. Oh, God. Well, I was I was a, a finalist on, on Gardener of the Year in 2004, which I was kind of forced into. And, and I did that and got onto the show. Went recording down in Birmingham, spent some days down there. I won't waffle on about this. And I ended up in that final building a garden. And sort of things led from there. I immediately gave up my day job and started doing gardening as a as a sort of an income then. Moved on to sort of lawn care. Now I'm involved in several other things. And then I, 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 but recently I've moved up to Bimbrook at Grassy Bottom where – I'm building a garden and because it's it's probably the biggest garden I've had. It wraps around a nice 1933 Art Deco bungalow and I'm building the garden to suit it and to go around it. It, it was just a sign for me and Kathy. It was just meant to be. It was meant to be for us, grassy bottom. It just it gets a few laughs and that. And I always have to start with when they ask for the address, are you ready for this, is what I say to them. It's called grassy bottom and you get a few chuckles and a few... Yeah, okay. <laughs> Don't believe you, but it, it is. And, and it's great because it actually ties in with my love of ornamental grasses. Um, I should point out that uh, Richard, and the reason Richard and I know each other, uh, because we've worked together uh, for some years, part of the gardening program on BBC Radio Lincolnshire. I was the presenter on that program before I left the BBC. And uh, and so we've, we've, we've built up quite a, a relationship there, along with um, some of the other gardening experts that you'll hear from. Uh, over the coming weeks and uh, and also we um, we are part of a facebook group called loving your garden we've got uh oh, getting on for 2000 members now uh, and that's not bad after only um what uh, 10 months i think it is 10 months yeah, about that. Been going. yeah it's going really well and it, it's it's coming on so uh great so that's it that's that's us and um, we're going to start our podcast this week uh, with a chat about lawns because this is the time when really we should be starting to attend to the lawn. Hopefully, for, I mean, I did all my attention at the end of last year, so the the autumn. I got out there with the uh, uh, the spiker and scarifier, and hopefully took most of the thatch out. But I, it, I have to say, it looks pretty rough now. Mm, it will. 
it will. If you've done it towards the back end, the downside to doing it at the back end is you've got to put up with a, a rubbish-looking lawn for the rest of winter. But it'll catch up pretty quickly, and it, it won't matter. But you, you, you're not too late now to do that sort of thing now, Rob. You can actually go out there again in another – For in your case, I'd give it another month, and you could actually go out and scarify that lawn again, and it'd, it'd definitely help it. So so that's not, a, that's not a problem that you did it at the back end. It does look rough. Now, this is part of the problem. If you do it in sort of autumn time, you, you're going to be kicking yourself because you've got quite a long stretch, haven't you, from when you did it. When did you do it? September, October? Yeah, it would have been October. Yeah, you see, so that then you've got that stretch where you, you've not really had any regrowth on your lawn and you've, you've hammered it and you've, you've spiked it and scarified it and you made it look a little bit threadbare, shall we say. And then it's just got to sit there. Uh, whereas if you do it now, you're going to have exactly the same, you'll, but you'll have had the benefit of sitting with a relatively okay lawn and you you can start that process now. So you can start scarifying now if, if you so require and um, either a hollow tine aeration or solid tine aeration, depending on you know what type of soil you've got. It does make a difference if you're on heavy clay. You know, you need to be using hollow tines, taking plugs out, or a plugger, as they call it, taking that out and, and top dressing with some top dressing, anything really, sand, something to go back in those holes to open it up. Let's just talk about that machine because uh, yeah. the, the plugger, as you call it, the, the hollow tine, I got that because I have got heavy yeah. clay soil, unfortunately. And uh, I paid about 40, maybe 45 quid for it. And I haven't got a particularly big lawn. I mean, I'll be honest; it's 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 very very modest. It's a city. I, I'm in a city property, so I haven't got a very big garden. But I did it all in about forty minutes. I mean, it was so quick, and it took out these enormous great um, pellets of earth. And it, it, when you look at it and you see what comes out of the soil, you think, "Oh my goodness, I've completely ruined the lawn." <laughs> but, but that isn't the case at all. It it it, it it absolutely doesn't mind at all having yeah. that taken out, and and it 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 did make a difference. But it was just the speed of the work uh, yeah. and the amount of clag that came out. Um, mm. I just can't recommend it enough. Yeah, did you leave? The, no, you would have taken yours off, raked yours off, did you? The no, I, I raked those those pellet. Yeah, which, which is right to do because you've got a, a bit of a clay a clay soil, you say. So you don't want that breaking down, going back in. What you want is something like sand putting back over the top of that, mm. raking it over and laying that drop in. You don't have to fill these holes up at all, though, Rob, because they, they're going to they're good because they're going to recontract in. So and that's mm. what you want. You want that soil to, to sort of – you don't want to overdo it. I don't know how many times you went over, but you've done the best thing by doing that because, believe me, moss and that is, cut, is, a, is a, a problem because it's not being maintained. And if you're not maintaining your lawn, you will get moss. And, and one of the fixes – Firstly, is to aerate that lawn. That's what it really needs. It'll have compaction, even though if you don't go on the garden, you won't realise that it's compacted, but it needs on compacting first. That's the first stage. So you did the right thing. You can get uh, various tools to, to to do the aeration. I mean, I've got um, yep. a solid tine roller where it's straight up and down the lawn and then across the lawn, and that does a reasonable job. The spikes aren't very thick, though. They certainly don't do anything like the job that a hollow tine machine will do. Um, yep. But, but if, you, if you've got a small lawn, I mean, it's better than doing nothing. I'm just trying to give another example. You've got a those shoes. They're like sandals <laughs> you put on, yeah. and, and they've got... 
hikes underneath. And Have so you, you walk around, you go, no, I've never used those. Because um, <laughs> I know, I'll tell you why, because it, it, I would forget I was wearing them. I'd go straight to the house and then there would be domestic disharmony on a grand scale. <laughs> Well, I did once buy some of those <laughs> many years ago, and I put them on, and I started walking across the lawn, and within about five steps, I went, no, this isn't happening, and I took them <laughs> off, and they went in the bin, <laughs> and I think they cost me 20 quid at the time going back to me, and I thought, what a ridiculous idea, who's going who's gonna to walk around in these, you know, you can imagine looking over the edge and seeing somebody walking them, you think, what the hell is he doing, it, 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 but it's better than nothing, Rod, that's the point, it, it's yeah. better than doing nothing, and you talk about your solid times that you've got on your machine, don't forget you've got to get ingress um, of air, and water into that lawn and by putting the spikes in that's what you're doing you're pushing you're actually effectively pushing air into the soils to the substructure so it's actually all helping which is what is needed so you must do that anyway now let's just finish off on this scarifying business because scarifying yeah. is the important thing to do and yeah. if, in case anybody doesn't know what scarifying is this is getting all the thatch and the, the the dead grass and the debris that builds up in the in the lawn it's getting it out so that um you don't get moss attaching itself to to all of that stuff yeah. the, now I, I i've always avoided scarifying in spring because i'm worried about damaging new growth so mm. at what point do you do you say that's it i can't do scarifying now um if if it turns really hot early on then that's when we need to be avoiding it but if you're up to if we're in april may we're okay going beyond may you're probably starting to take a few risks it's going into june hot weather it doesn't it don't want to be done in hot weather i can and i can tell you i totally ruined the lawn very early on in my career and i i'm surprised i'm not in prison for it cuz <laughs> i i went past it for the next it must have been oh god about a year rod if not longer and this lawn had not come back but in my defence, I was pleaded and begged with to do it, and I said I really didn't want to do it. And I said, "Okay, on your head be it." It was for a profession. I was doing it professionally, so I gave him my best advice. But if you get to a point like when I did this, which was June, um, and it was a hot June, then it kills it off. You'll never kill a lawn. Let's just point that out. You will never kill a lawn. But you really must choose, pick and choose the right time. So if you're getting into May, you're really pushing it. April is, in, in my mind, by far the sort of best time to, to be doing this sort of thing. And what you'll do is, what's happening, Rod, is you, you're actually cutting the roots. You're cutting into the root zone. And what happens is that, that you, you're forcing regrowth at the root zone by clipping, you know, as it spins around, it cuts them, cuts the root zone, and it, it forces the grass to grow again. So it's, it thickens up, in effect. You're also right to say you're taking out dead thatch, um, and all detritus and all that build up from the years, plants blowing onto your garden, little bits of sticks coming in there from plants that you've snapped off and that all sort of builds up and starts falling into your lawn and that's what you don't want. You've got to get that out. So scarification is definitely one of the best things you can do if you did nothing else and did some scarification every single year on a, if you've got a smaller lawn, which you can afford to do because your lawn's a lot smaller. So it would pay you, Rod, every autumn to get out there and do that because it will pay dividends uh, yeah. and, it, and it, it gets you going. But did you feed it? Did you feed the lawn once you'd done that? I think I probably did. Uh, I would have right. given it an autumn feed. Yes, yeah. I would have given it an autumn feed for sure. I am going to scarify it again. Yeah, wait till it kicks in though, Rod, because the grass, um, we're not really at feeding time yet. What are we now, Mark? We're in March, aren't we? I'm trying to think yeah, where I am. Um, but 
yeah, well, really, by April, you want to be feeding your lawns. You don't want to really be encouraging lawns to start growing now before you need to. You're forcing them on. You're making them – you're weakening it, really, because they're being forced to grow. And what are you saying? You, you wouldn't scarify just yet? Oh, yeah, I would scarify now. I'd definitely scarify now. But I'd avoid feed. feed it. I'd feed – yeah, feed them. You see, the, the trouble is, as a professional, you'll get a, a weed killer that you'll put, apply by a, a knapsack, which is great – and then you'll get a feed, which you apply by a spreader. So you can actually control it better. When you go to the garden centres, you get a weed and a feed. And this is part of the problem because you can't do as professional a job because you're, you're having to do, do something that's mixed together. It was never meant to be mixed yeah. together. And you've got to, yeah. but if you are doing it from the garden centres, nothing wrong with that. You need to get yourself what they call a drop spreader. So it's what it's those long, you know those long, thin things, and you pull an handle and it releases it, and you keep pushing away. That, that's what you need. And the reason I tell you that is because your weed killer will go into your, into your borders, your flower borders, and if it gets into your flower borders, it's definitely going to have an effect on some of the plants. You're not going to do it any favour. Whereas if you've got a drop spreader, you can control where it drops, which let's is talk, great. Let's talk about uh, the next important job then, which is once you've scarified and aerated, is the overseeding, which... Um, yeah, it's critical. Let's let, let's let's talk first of all about the principle of overseeding. Well, believe it or not, on a bowling green, they will be regularly overseeding your lawn. They will do it on, if not a monthly basis or fortnightly basis, on a weekly basis. Some of the places will put it down. And overseeding is basically getting some fresh um, seed, don't matter what types it is. You don't want a real fine fescue type. You want just your bog-standard seed that you can get from any DIY shop, any garden centre. Something standard will do. And you just literally go around broadcasting it by hand over the whole of the lawn, and it drops in. Because you've got to remember, when you're cutting grass, there's only certain species, like there's one called a grostis, which is quite low-growing, and it'll sort of it'll be growing like that and producing seeds. They're not able to seed. So what you're relying on is the root zone to do its thing. This is why cutting the root zone is a good thing because it'll allow it to sort of uh, multiply underneath and start coming up. But because you're not allowed, because you're not allowing the grass to grow and seed, this is it's not doing its thing correctly. So what you're doing is you're overseeding and you're refreshing what's already there, and it improves the lawn no end. So it's a good thing to do, but you must you must leave your grass to just grow for a week. Leave it. The best tip is let the grass grow for a week, if not two. Don't cut it. Let it grow so it gets a taller sward on it, you know, a longer leaf. Go and broadcast, and then you've got to leave it for about another week to let it and pray that it's going to rain on it and, and drop it down. If not, don't worry. That's not going to make any difference. But if it rains, it just pushes it down into the into the depths a little bit better and stops as many of it getting taken up by birds. Now, do so. you see? I I prefer to put a bit of topsoil on um, after I've seeded. Is that something you would bother doing? I'd only ever do that if I was if I was t totally unsure of what I was doing. And in the early days, it's exactly what I did. I would get a wheelbarrow. I would mix in some sand or soil into. I put the wheelbarrow, uh, put some soil into the wheelbarrow, and I would mix the seed into that. That just makes you feel better when you're broadcasting because you feel like. What it's actually doing, Rod, is it's actually indicating where you've gone. Grass mm. seed isn't as sometimes as easy to see. I see it quite easily because it's definitely a different colour and you should spot it. But it just allows you to know where you've been spreading it. But you must spread it everywhere. You know, if you're overseeding the lawn, you're overseeding the lawn. It needs putting all over the place. Uh, and 
definitely not in your borders because believe me, you don't want the grass growing in the borders. It's there's nothing worse than seeing fresh seed coming up in a in a lawn. And I'm sorry, in a border. So mm. you must broadcast it all over the place and you can mix it. You don't need to mix it. Um, some people use top dressing, which is again is great, but it, it's a man-made recipe for the failure of him maintaining his lawn. That we're just it's just a sticking plaster. To, but it does have great results because it contains iron of sulfate, which deepens the lawn, which is a moss killer, basically. And if you have got real problem with moss, but try some of this top dressing because it really does work. It's good stuff, but be, be aware that you, all you're doing is putting a plaster on it. What you really need to be doing is scarifying an aeration and then overseeding. That's by far the best way of dealing with lawns uh, and feeding it after you've done all this. Let's talk about the seed as well, because um, I, one thing I believe very strongly is is in not using uh, garden centre seed. But and, and you know, garden centres yeah. are outraged that I would say that. <laughs> uh, not not because there's anything wrong with the seed that they're selling, but because what t- typically tends to happen is you will go to the garden centre, you'll buy a box, and then you know in a month's time you'll go and buy another box, and it's a completely different seed, uh, yeah. and you end up with this patchwork quilt. So I I've always I, I always think it's a, a good idea to go to a really, really solid manufacturer of, of, of good quality grass seed, decide what sort of grass seed you want. And you, and don't go, and I know you, you're going to say, don't go for that really fine luxury lawn unless you're <laughs> going to go out every day with a pair of scissors, uh, which most <laughs> don't because you're, you'll waste your money. Um, Did you do that? <laughs> Did you? No, Did you no, 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 no. <laughs> I went, no, I've gone for a medium fescue, uh, just That's a it. very medium wearing lawn. And, yeah. But it's a good quality seed. And I make sure I've got enough for the whole year. Um, so yeah. I overseed a couple of times. And, you know, if there's a bigger job, I can uh, get in there and give it a good load of seed. And it's all the same seed. Yeah. Well, you've got a valid point to say buy it from a reputable place because when you do buy it from a, a reputable place, and I'm not saying garden centres aren't, but, but you've made a good point. The problem with garden centres is they're probably selling you some of last year's stock as well. And you'll not know that unless you read the packet properly and you see it's a, it's a, an old stock. Now, grass seed does eventually, you know, doesn't isn't as fertile as it gets older and older. Whereas when you're buying it, you're buying from a, a, a seed distributor who's actually mixing up the grass seed and he's, it's going to be fresh. So you're going to get the best. And you just can't beat buying it from the professionals. It's just It just can't be beaten. Um, and, and that's... I've done it myself. Did you get a great big massive sack of it, or have you got a smaller sack? Yeah, I mean, I, it's a small lawn. I mean, I've gone with yeah. a, bo- you know, a reasonable sized box of it. Um, yeah, and it comes in a sort of hessian bag inside of that. Yeah, yeah, and and you should put it on regular, Rod. I would, if I was you, if you've got that, I would be using it probably once a month over the year. You know, if people start doing cutting it and treating it right, scarifying it right, they're definitely going to get some good results. If you're going to abuse your lawn, people forget that that. That has to be looked after as much as your dahlias, um, your rebeccias, any of your perennials. It, it, has still, it still has to be looked after. You can't neglect it and leave it. Um, now, not everybody's into, as we found out in previous broadcasts, not everybody's into nice lawns. They want it to grow wild. But I'm sorry, there's there's people, there's lots of people growing wild lawns around, but some people want a nice kept lawn, and that's the way life is. So if you're wanting a nice kept lawn, yes, you're putting things down that are not great for the for the bugs and the, all that sort of thing. But this, you know, you've got borders there. You've got you've got plants growing. That's where they'll be. They're not be bothered about that bit. 
Okay, and let's finish off on the launch then with uh, the, the the one of the big sins. And if you've got any more big sins to throw in, feel free. But um, cutting too short. Oh, definitely a no-no. I have, I've taken people within an inch of their lives for this. And when I used to do it professionally, I could almost guarantee it's the male of the species, but take it down too low. 99% of the time, it would be the man. I'd always say to, because usually you dealt with the female, because of the lady of the house, and, and I'd say, husband cuts this, don't How do you know that? I says, because I can tell, because he's cut it too short. Big sin, because... You, what you do is if you go down to sort of like the lowest setting on your mower, you are going to put that lawn under incredible stress if it's your average lawn. The only lawns that can take that are the fine lawns that we, you talked about earlier. The finer grass seed will take a, a lower cut, but the average lawn will not take that lower cut. So you must lift that mower to – I personally take mine between – Minimum of the third one, and that if I take it to the third one, it's because I'm thinking of scarifying it, so I'm trying to drop it a little bit to get some of that grass away. But I would go for number four on, you know, usually there's five settings. If you've got three settings, don't go below number two. Usually go for number three. Get that lawn up because that, that grass will definitely be better and not under any stress, and you will stress it out. You know when you get some quite long lawn and you think, oh, stuff it. I've seen it happen. They, they drop it to a really low setting. I'll do this in a one and And off they go, down they go, they look behind them, yellow. Straight away, you can see really pale green. They've gone really below where they should have. That's the signal. That's the, that's the grass saying you've come too low. And and you have. You've got to go further up where it's... Help me! Um, yeah. <laughs> People murder lawns, and it is annoying. I, having said that, I did it once myself. I... I hadn't realised I'd got my setting on one. I don't know. I must have had it serviced to summer. And I went for about 20 feet up the lawn, cutting my grass. And I thought, oh, I hadn't checked it. Looked down and I could see the same as long. I looked behind me and it was down to the soil rod. I could have died. Um, and <laughs> within a month, it started almost looking good again. But you do make mistakes like that, and people need thrashing. If they take it too low, I'll personally come round and thrash them. I've got no problems with that because it really irritates me. And you shouldn't take it low. Third setting minimum, definitely. Inch and a half, if you can get that grass. You get your tape measure out, nip out there with your ruler or whatever, pinch it off your kids, um, take it out of the ruler set and measure it. Inch and a half. Once you've got used to that inch and a half, You'll love it. And you might think it's too long, but it's not. Don't think about yourself. Don't be greedy. Think about the lawn. The lawn needs that height to get that green. The greener, the taller it is, the greener it is. So beware. So in your last 60 seconds, anything else that we need to get out there with, with respect to lawns? Right. When you do your first cut on the lawn, if you, if you haven't done your first cut yet, put it to a fairly high setting. Don't worry about whatever setting it was on last. Lift it a couple, one to two notches above, maybe one notch above, and cut it at that. Don't worry, you will get some of the long stuff. Don't bother putting a collector on it, a grass collector. Let it drop into the soil itself. It actually adds to the nitrogen. That would be my best tip for anybody who's about to cut it now. Don't start feeding now. That's the other tip. Just leave that till April if you can. If you want to feed it now, you're not having much of an effect, but then again, it won't take effect until the lawn wants to grow, and then it'll start taking it up as a feed. Um, but you're, you're pretty much wasting your money putting it down at the minute. Just wait. But the height is is most correct at the minute. Do not go too low at the minute. First two or three, maybe four cuts, fairly high. Let it, let it 
recover. It's had a, a winter, it's had snow on it, it needs to recover. It needs to come out of the boxing ring punching. And, uh, you know, and that's what it's got to do. You've got to give it a chance. Well, there we are, Richard. Yeah, that flew by. Uh, that's our first uh, podcast then, Dibber and Trug. Thanks very much indeed for listening in. Talk to you again next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.